You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. So we got a lot to cover today. Uh, we went over some stuff this morning. Where did we leave off? We, we left off with, um, I wanted to talk about the, uh, I wanted to talk about the deer. Well, we'll get, yes, mm-hmm, I said that. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe that. We're going to get into that. Uh, I want to talk about the countries that are collectively calling for an investigation into the coronavirus origin and into the WHO which is fantastic. It's long overdue. But let's start with the Virginia governor. He signed a bill decriminalizing the marijuana possession law. Okay. So he's the 20, Virginia would be the 27th state to decriminalize marijuana possession. Takes effect on July 1st, reduces penalties for offenses that involve personal possession for up to one ounce of marijuana to a civil violation. Marks one of the progressive initiatives of the state governor to be able to accomplish since Democrats took over the state house and the governor's office in 2019. Another state decriminalizes marijuana. I'm six to one half dozen the other on this because I see the argument that the progressives bring to it as, well, they want it for medical reasons. Okay. All right. I can see that. I mean, we all know they just want to smoke it to get high, right? But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the medicinal side is just, you know, that's the, uh, that's the excuse to get the, the ball rolling. So I see the side of wanting to explore the medicinal side of it. That's true because there are medicinal properties to marijuana. That's not in question here. So I know that it has medicinal properties. I'm sure that doctors, you know, some doctors will tell you the same. I've, I've said it here before. Marijuana is prescribed here where I'm at for instances like uh, cancer patients, right? Because it also enhances your appetite. What is it that a cancer patient goes through? They go through chemotherapy, so they lose their appetite. They have to eat if they want to keep their strength up and, and keep up, you know, fighting chance against that disease. So naturally, they prescribe them something such as marijuana, amongst other things, to enhance their appetite. So they eat. So it makes sense. However, we can go about this another way. And I'd, I'd like to hear your, your take on this. We can go about this another way. We live in an age now where we can modify things like genetically modify things. We live in an age where we can do that, especially with crops, right? You can do that with uh, with just about any you know living organism that's a crop, plant, animal, that kind of stuff. But in this case, they can do it with marijuana, right? We can engineer the tetrahydrocannabinol out. Can we not? We can do that. No. Uh, the reason I say no is it, it's the it's the interaction there with that that is causing the if you remove that, then the, the, the reaction stops like it, it's no longer a appetite builder, whatever, whatever those are called. You know, but the, you need to hallucinate it. You need to hallucinate. You need the hallucinogenic to gain an appetite. I don't understand. It, it's a chemical reaction with the other compounds that are in in, in it. Um, I mean, GP's kind of talked about it a little bit, and basically, you you have to have both there. It, some kind of reaction when you fully remove it or remove the majority of it. You know, as much as you can, it ceases to work. I mean, you need it for the the pain reliever aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a great alternative to um, opioids. So. I, I don't know. I, I just I don't think okay. we could. We could maybe theoretically, but it wouldn't be effective any any longer. OK, is it OK? L- let me ask you this. In your opinion, Mr. Constitution, is marijuana legalization and decriminalization? Is that constitutional? Yes, it is. Uh, OK, I, so 
You're saying it yeah. should be delegated back to the citizen to be personally responsible to say no to it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of the same way when it comes to like heroin and, you know, the, the harder drugs. Mm-hmm. Like it's on the people to make that decision or not. If society deems that it's a it's a if society deems that it's a it's a bad thing and I as an employer am not going to hire a heroin addict. Well, you know, that's my choice uh, as a business owner. So society will regulate itself in that sense. It doesn't need the government to say you can and can't put this in your body, which is my same argument with vaccines. You don't tell me what to put into my body either. <laughs> but anyway, I can kind of see what you're saying there. I mean, I, I make the same argument about alcohol. I mean, now I'm not comparing alcohol to say like heroin here, but in the terms of personal responsibility, I am. In other words, you can go out and you can buy whatever drug you want and you can use it, but that's illegal, isn't it? But you can go out and buy alcohol. It's perfectly legal because it's taxed. Now, am I saying legalize and tax drugs? No. It's personal responsibility. We choose. I mean, you know, Bruce, you and I can go out there and drink ourselves to death, but we choose not to do that because we care about ourselves. Right. 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 So uh, I think the same would apply here when it comes to uh, to marijuana or any of these other drugs. It's down to the personal responsibility of whoever it is that's that's doing that to themselves to be able to make the conscientious decision to not do that. However, it's easy to sit here and say that because someone that's, you know, I, I here I am clean and sober. I have, you know, I always have been, but you, you've got issues where you've got people out there that don't hear reality. They're just, they're, they're so far gone in that. And it's a tough argument to have with somebody who argues that all drugs should be uh, decriminalized. I mean, it's a tough argument to have. It, it really is because I want to say no, right? The justice side of me says, no, no, don't decriminalize drugs. But at the same time, I want society be, to be able to self-govern. So it's a, it's a tough argument to have. Now, in the meanwhile, what do we do? You know, I, I don't really know because y- you see that they're going for marijuana legalization. It's been dealt back to the states. Obviously, we don't have a federal thing on that. that the federal government doesn't have any right to rule on that. But if they do that, I mean, you know that I, I'm looking at it like this. The law of marijuana that they're passing in these states, the legalization, the recreational use. See, they start with medicinal. OK, now it's recreational and soon it'll be something else. I'm afraid because you know how marijuana is, right? It's that gateway drug. And so I can see it as as this is essentially the gateway drug of the legal system. Yeah. I mean, as it pertains to marijuana being the gateway drug, I may be for you deciding for yourself whether or not to do drugs. That doesn't mean I, I, I like them, that I, I want them in society, right? As far as the legal precedent and whatnot. Honestly, there's a lot of things that I, I don't think the justice system should be regulating or, or the government in general. Though I would rather the government not to regulate those things, society is not of the right mindset to legalize them. So, for example, marijuana. Should marijuana be legal now? Uh, yes, constitutionally, I would prefer they didn't. But at the same time, I'm not of the opinion that society is currently in a position to handle themselves with that. Society has degraded so much that you know the the personal responsibility your uh, personal perspective of other people's lives or in other words not being selfish or greedy is a problem right now mm-hmm. so so to say marijuana should be legal or even any of the hard drugs I'm, I'm not sure society is in a place to, to handle that. It's difficult because you always run into the person that says, oh, well, they do this in uh, in the Netherlands. They, they do it in Europe and it's fine. Well, you know what? That's been something that's been there for a very long time. It's mixed into their culture and we don't have something like that. So you can't just take that and apply it to another part of the world that have a completely different mindset of people. You can't do that. 
because it doesn't work. But I see these documentaries now that are surfacing on places like Netflix. Netflix has got to be one of the worst. They've got these documentaries and these these miniseries up there now talking about how we should possibly create safe injection zones for drug users in cities. I mean, Mm -hmm. haven't we done that with this pandemic and putting them in hotels anyway? They're getting drugs and alcohol and marijuana delivered to them free of charge at the taxpayer expense done by the public health department. I mean, uh, the main culprit of that or or purveyor of it, if you will, is California. And they're already kind of nuts anyway in some of their policies. So, you know. Yeah. All right. Anyway. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. Virginia is going to be going to be another state to uh, legalize marijuana. You talked this morning about the Democrat Party paying Pennsylvania election officials to stuff ballot boxes. What what was the deal with that? Let's let's get into that a little bit further. All right. So uh, the details of it was this uh, Dominic DeMero was stuffing, they're, they're charging him with stuffing the ballot box for multiple years, basically. Let's see here. It says, right now, other federal prosecutors are aware of cases of double voting in federal elections as well as non-citizen voting, uh, according to Attorney General Barr. Oh, wait, excuse me. Attorney General Barr should prompt those other officials to do their duty and prosecute known election crimes. But we know they've been ballot stuffing. They, they've been ballot stuffing since the 30s. At least, the, I mean, I've been told personally, right? My, my my grandfather, right? He told me, he told me when he was a kid, right? I, I talked about this, what was it, last week? We were talking about mail-in voting. We got into this stuff. Yeah. When he was a kid, he was down at the local cemetery on election day, and he would see Democrat Party members down there with notepads writing off gravestones so they could stuff the ballots. Or they would be at the um, uh, at the election, you know, at the, at the polling places with trucks with uh, with pints of whiskey on the back of it from the local, you know, forty seven or whatever it was. You know, hey, you know, just make sure that you're uh, you're thinking of us when you go in there to vote. And they'd hand him a pint of whiskey. Of course, you can't do that anymore. But I mean, it, and it, the funny business happens on both sides, right? The Republicans do it more with like the voting machines; those are the same thing. But these voting machines, the biggest company that runs these voting machines, is actually a Spanish company. Right. It's a it's a company in Spain that runs a lot of those those voting machines in the U.S. And guess who has a majority stake in that voting machine company in Spain? George Soros. Okay, you couldn't make it up. So rather they're stuffing papers or rather they're uh, stealing, you know, rigging the voting machines. It doesn't matter. Those voting machines shouldn't even be allowed. We should be allowed paper ballots. It should be in a clear box. And you should have minders from that community on that box. And it should be counted at the local school or a local community building with cameras out there in front of God and everybody. So there's no funny business going on. And then you don't end up with an election where you get Russia, 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 you know, hacking, hacking, hacking nonsense. You notice there was a landslide in the UK with Boris Johnson, but no one was saying anything about Russian hacking. Why? Because everything's done with a paper ballot. The ballot boxes are then taken directly from the polling places where the constituency is all the way out to school buildings or community buildings where they're taken and spread out in front of the public that can stand in there and watch in front of the media cameras the entire time. And they're counted so people can see exactly what's happening and they can see the votes coming in in real time. So there's no messing around. So I like that idea. I I like that idea. But this uh, this idea that uh, that we're going to be doing this. Are they still pushing for mail in voting? Are they they still doing this? Because now. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're saying that they might not even have an election. See, first it was Trump saying, oh, well, the Democrats are probably going to delay the election. And then Biden comes out and says, well, Trump's probably going to delay the election. Right. Well, then. Now, what's his name? Michael Moore. Michael Moore's come out and he said that they might have to postpone the election for this year. 
I mean, I know we're talking about ballot stuffing here, but look, there's no way that they can win this. Let's be real about this. There, there's no way that, that the Democrats can win this. Like they can't seriously run Joe. Like, I don't know what it is that they're going to have to do. Right. The Democrats are going to have to figure that out. I don't know what it is they're going to have to figure out with him, but they, they can't run him. So something's going to have to be done. The DNC, something's going to have to be done at the DNC. James Carville's come out and he said that the Democrats are going to have to pick up 283 electoral votes this time around. Where are you going to get those? You're, you're horribly unpopular. The Russia thing was a, was a complete failure. It was a nightmare, right? You pushed people away during that and that alone. Now you've got the state shut down. You've bankrupted people's businesses because you've got your party governors that have been towing the line, that have been hoping to crash things to make Trump look bad so you can drive him from office, right? That's been the plan here, at least from the governor's side of it. So you've pushed people even further away with that. And now you got the House Democrats coming back talking about another impeachment with Russia, because they might have overlooked something. So where is it do you think that they're going to come up with these votes? Where, how on earth can you seriously sit there? If you're a Democrat, I, if you're an average Democrat out there, I honestly, I feel sorry for you. I really do. Because you've got nowhere to turn. So, I mean, if you're a classic Democrat, and I know a lot of them, I, I know a lot of them, you guys are great people. Uh, and I know you got nowhere to turn because you don't you know, you don't like Trump, but you don't want Biden either. And you don't want what the Democrats represent now either. And I don't blame you. So you've got nowhere to turn. You don't know what to do. And so they'll just stay home. That's the biggest part in all this is that they'll just stay home. You've also got people on the Trump side that were that voted for Trump this last time around. They'll stay home, too, because they're sick of seeing all this. So the thing is, is if you stay home, then you're guaranteed for the country to be sank. I mean, that's all there is to it. I, I don't know what else to say. You know, you have one chance one chance. You got one chance every four years as an American, as a voter, to actually speak your piece on what happens. That's the one time we get a say-so in something. And so as difficult as it is to accept that, we have to do this, right? People have to vote. You have to. I don't care who you vote for, but you got to vote. If you stay home, then as sure as I'm sitting here, the extremists will grab a hold. And you certainly don't want that. You think it's bad now, if you get an extremist party that comes to power, they'll grab a hold of control and they'll make everything a living nightmare. You think this is bad. It's not, I assure you. So we have to get out there and we have to vote. We've only got one chance to do this. We get one day every four years to get it right. And this is the time we need to do it. I don't think it's going to change. Honestly, the, the voting fraud and all that, it's not going to change until until we get voter ID laws. You know, it, have it tied to your Social Security or something like uh, until that happens and it's required with paper ballots. It's still going to be a problem. And then we have states like, what is it, California? It's just Pelosi in general. The, one of the bill they push forward, they're wanting to have illegals voting. Like if you're a resident and you've paid taxes, not a citizen, but a resident, and you've paid your taxes, then you should be able to vote. Uh, according to them. No, I don't agree with that. I don't agree no. with that. Legal residents. No, I mean, I appreciate the fact that there are legal residents out there. We got millions of them. You know, you got people that have lived in there for, you know, 20 years and are not citizens, but you work, you pay taxes, you're a legal resident. You know, I respect that. But I mean, we all know that there's funny business on election day anyway. GP's told us on several occasions, he goes down and, and Tavish as well, opposite end of the country. You go into a polling station, the ballots are in six languages. You know, mm. that that's not right. I'm sorry. No, like that, that shouldn't be going on. First of all, we don't have any voter ID laws, right? That has to be changed. I mean, I, I don't care. I don't care what argument they've got. Th those people crow all day long. Immunity passports, those things. Oh, yes. Um, these, uh, these immunity passports, they want these immunity passports. They want you to be able to show those to prove that you've been vaccinated or you have antibodies or whatever kind of nonsense they come up with with this thing. Okay. They want that as identification, but they don't want you to have ID to vote. How much sense does that make? 
you, you can choose a leader and you don't have identification. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I have to present identification when I walk into a polling station in my state. I've always had to do that. And I know the woman who runs the polling station. She's my neighbor. We shared a common fence in my backyard and she still asked for my ID. I don't take offense to that. So we have to show identification for everything else. We have to show identification to buy Whiteout and Walmart, for crying out loud, or a can of spray paint. So my point is, is if we are required to show identification for these things, then why can't we have identification to vote? Well, you know, like I said, things are going to change until we get the, the voter ID stuff in place. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. You know what, Bruce? We could just get rid of that electoral college. We don't need that thing, that old outdated thing. We don't need that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. that uh-huh. Yeah. Just have popular vote. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. OK, let's talk countries, right? 62 countries collectively call for an investigation into the coronavirus origin in WHO. All right. Well, I'm all for it. A resolution led by European countries, of all things, uh, and Australia, Germany, I think, was the, the one of the countries that took a lead on this. Uh, and Australia has been backed by every EU country, as well as the UK, New Zealand, Indonesia, Japan, Canada, Russia, Mexico and Brazil. Why is the U.S. not on board with this? It's set to be presented at the World Health Assembly, the grouping of health ministers that sets policy for the WHO on Tuesday, where a vote will be held. The resolution states the WHO director general must initiate the earliest appropriate moment and in consultation with member states, a stepwise process of impartial, independent and comprehensive evaluation of the origin of COVID-19. It also asks for an evaluation of the experience gained and lessons learned from the WHO and coordinated health response to COVID-19. The resolution also demands an evaluation of the effectiveness of mechanisms at the WHO's disposal and the actions of the WHO and their timelines pertaining to the COVID-19 pandemic. This right here, okay? Finally, you've got 62 countries that are coming together to take the feet of those bureaucrats in Geneva at the WHO and put it to the fire which is exactly where it needs to go. These people have been compromised. They've been bought out by the Chinese Communist Party and they're carrying their agenda. Bruce, what do we hear in the initial stages of this from the WHO? If you close borders, there's no need to do that, right? If you close borders, you're xenophobic, you're racist, you know, all this stuff. That's what we heard, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the initial stages. Yep. Look what in the world this has done. So you're going to sit there and you're going to talk to the world. You're going to lecture the world about, uh, about how policies should be made per country. You're going to sit up there on your on your high horses and your soapboxes and you're going to I mean, I can play the clips again. I've played them here before. Dr. Michael Ryan sitting up there saying how they're going to have to go into into families houses and remove them. The ones that are sick in a dignified manner. That's state sanctioned brutality. So we're going to sit here and seriously entertain the, the hypocrisy that these people hand down. The fact is, is that these people are compromised and they have to be held to account for what they've done because they've played a big role in this. They could have come out in the initial stages and and shut all this down. They could have come out in the initial stages and actually said what was going on in China, but they didn't do it. They were brought into China, the WHO. They were taken to China. They were taken to Beijing. They were put up in a five-star hotel and they were given fake data to look at. That's what was happening. I mean, and Bruce, we, we sat in on calls. Of, of what was going on with the WHO. And we were getting just the nonsense lines that they were feeding out. It's complete yeah. hypocrisy. It's nonsense. These people are completely incompetent. They're completely incompetent. They're not scientists. They're political scientists. So they see everything in the in, in the political lens. It's political. It's not practical. It's the same thing with, with organizations like YouTube, right? YouTube's come out. Twitter's come out. If you say anything that goes against the WHO narrative as the only credible source, mind you, then you're banned. They'll take you down. Your content's uh, no longer available because you violated community standards. Why? Because the WHO has been so reliable in all this? 
As a matter of fact, I hold them with just about the same amount of content as I do for the Chinese Communist Party. They're just as much to blame here because they've been running with this all along. They're, they're, nothing but, uh, they're nothing but a bunch of sellouts when it comes to this. I've said on several occasions, the Chinese Communist Party has come in and they've bought the WHO. And to a great extent, they've bought out the, the entire United Nations. Now, why is that? Because it serves their interest. It gives the CCP a chance to use an international organization to speak for them as a mouthpiece. So you can then turn around and dictate policy to the world that's given from a CCP angle. No reason to listen to the WHO. I'm, I'm with you on that. They lied. They've pushed the narrative of the CCP. One of our senators has just come out and said, we're in a cold war with uh, China, which those that have been paying attention, we've known we were in a cold war with China for quite a while. But no, I, I think we should be um, pulling out money on uh, Trump's threatened to pull out of the WHO completely, removed funding. I think that should be a permanent thing. Let's just be done with it. You guys have no place here. Kick the UN out. I, I'm, I'm kind of, we've talked about kicking the UN out before, and I'm kind of for and against that because it, being as a permanent member, we do have some power in there, but the nonsense that they push, I, I don't know. It, it's a, I, I don't want to leave a vacuum, if you will. Well, I don't, honestly, I don't think there would be a vacuum. I mean, like I said, you have to, it, look, the United Nations is not a bad concept. The problem with it is that they were somehow or another given legislative powers. I don't know how in the hell that happened. That's the problem with it. If they were just dignitaries that sat up there that discussed world policy and offered suggestions to countries, I mean, we could just say, all right, fine, we'll take that suggestion or we won't take that suggestion. Fair enough. But instead, instead, it's been turned into this legislative body. That's my big issue with it. I understand that we have to have a forum somewhere for the world leaders to get together and talk. It's got to happen, right? I mean, sure. you, you have to have you have to have world leaders, especially superpowers like Russia, China, uh, the United States, EU countries. You have to have those leaders come together and they have to discuss issues, be it diplomatic and, and political and all that stuff or whatever. Fine. But the fact is, is that it's been turned into a legislative body. It's been turned into wealth redistribution, and it's been turned into a good old boys club for third world dictators. That's all it's been turned yeah. into. So that's my issue yeah. with it. So until those things right there are reversed, that building should be padlocked and seized. And, and those dignitaries should be expelled, have their diplomatic immunity revoked and expelled from the country. Let them go home until we can figure this thing out. OK, let's. Um, oh, this one's going to be a big one. Let's get into the good stuff. Uh, you know, Trump wore a mask today. I said it just this morning before we uh, before we ended there. Trump wore a mask. Can you believe this? Yeah, I've seen pictures of it. I don't know where he was. Was it was it at the Ford? It says here, um, yeah, he was at the Ford plant in Rawsonville, uh, uh, at the components plant. Ford Rawsonville components plant in uh, Ypsilanti or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Ventilators, masks, and other medical supplies are being manufactured. This is according to The Week. Uh, it says President Trump visited, visited a Ford factory in Michigan on Thursday, and despite a request from Ford's chairman uh, and Michigan's attorney general, he declined to wear a face mask for his tour. But he did wear one for at least a few minutes. And this is a quote from Trump. He says, I wore one in this back area, but I didn't want to give the press the pleasure of seeing it. Showing off the mask, he said uh, he said he'd worn. Uh, I think I look better in the mask. Well, now you can judge for yourself. And so he, he put it on in front of him. Now, is it real? Is it a Photoshop? I don't know. I don't know. But apparently, um, I mean, I see the photo here. I mean, if anything, he's wearing it for, you know, the optics. I mean, I suppose if so. anything, that's that that should be like. I don't know. <laughs> but he's taking hydroxy. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, but 
Yahoo and some of these others are saying hydroxy doesn't work. Yahoo. Doctor saying it doesn't oh, work. Oh, please. Right, those people are pathetic. Let's get over to Twitch. I want to talk about Twitch. Okay, Twitch, for those that don't mm-hmm. know, we've mm-hmm. talked about it here before. Twitch is a, um, it's a streaming platform, right? Those are very popular these days. Streaming platforms like Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon Video, these things. Twitch is another iteration of that kind of. But what Twitch is, it allows people to broadcast several things video games most most notably and also people do podcasts on there they do uh, video live broadcast video podcasts on there they do uh real life stuff as well where people just kind of put these wearable cameras on like gopros and all that stuff and then they go around the world you know doing i mean people it's just crazy you know people go all over the place and they just do real life stuff it's called uh, irl streaming and so now and i'm not quite sure why they did this but twitch has created is it a is it a council like an eight-person council? I, I don't yeah. understand. Okay, so it's okay. So it's an eight-person council. Let's start with this. Why did they create that? Why did they feel like they had to create such a thing in the first place? That is honestly a good question. So basically, okay, this is this is what the official statement is on this, right? The safety council will inform and guide decisions made by Twitch by uh, contributing their experience. Uh, expertise and belief in Twitch's mission of empowering communities to create together. Uh, The council will advise on drafting new policies and policy updates, developing Uh products and features to improve safety and moderation, uh, promoting healthy streaming and work-life balance habits, protecting the interest of marginalized groups, and identifying emerging trends that could impact the Twitch experience. So they want to be politically correct? That's okay. basically what it looks like. Okay. So I, I want to start with this, right? So there is a, uh, there's one of these moderators that they've, that they've put on there out of the eight. Okay. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to describe this. Okay. This is a, um, this is a, a, a this, uh, this is, <laughs> this is a transgender safety advisory council member who identifies as a deer. Okay. yes, I really said that a deer and they bragged on a live stream about having the power to censor critics asserting that some people should be afraid of me. Okay, so let's let's start with. Okay, first of all, I have nothing against somebody if that's how they want to live their life. Okay, if someone chooses to chooses to live their life that way, I have nothing against that. Okay, that's that's their business. That's not for me to. Uh, to, to criticize one way or the other. So that that's not the thing here. I do, however, have an issue of you identifying as a member of another species <laughs> when clearly you're not. Okay, so you, you you say that you're a deer, okay? You're, you're a member of a safety advisory council, and then you're telling people that they should be afraid of you. I want people to just think about that for a second. Now, I naturally kind of am afraid of that because, like I said, if you're if you're identifying as a member of another species, I'm afraid of that because I think you belong in a nut house at that point. So I, I don't I don't see where where doing something like this can can gain you, especially in the eyes of the, of the community. I mean, Twitch has a large community. I, I can't see how this is going to gain any credibility from the community itself. Honestly, this is it's brought this specific streamer a lot of attention, right? Publicity, good or bad, is still publicity. So it's only going to bring more attention to the person. People are probably going to go in and check out their stream. But the claims that they're making that they have power, they later said in the exact same stream, yeah, I have no authority. I'm just an advisor. I can't actually take action against people. I'm not even Twitch staff. Like so, it's they're they're bluffing at this point, and it should be concerning to Twitch, to Amazon, honestly, that you're empowering someone with this kind of a mindset 
yeah, they may be a transgender and one of the more popular ones, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm not a part of the community, so I don't, you know, I, I don't know who's the, the popular one in, in the transgender Twitch world. But why are you empowering someone with those extreme kind of views that they're going to go after people if they disagree with them? If, for example, I disagree with the idea that you're calling yourself a deer or you identify as a deer. Well, you can easily say then I am... I don't know. What do you, what do you want to say? Species phobic or something? I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, but they <laughs> could call that bullying. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, you could call that bullying or, or something, you know, I'm a cyber bully because I disagree. I mean, that's the kind of extreme stances that they take and I would be banned for that. I mean, that's the kind of thing they're wanting to, to bring in from, at least from an optical standpoint. It's, it's definitely concerning. Some of the other faces on there are, they're a bit concerning as well as, as they look like, They'll be of the social justice warriors type, and I, I don't want that in the community. Like uh, video game, the video gaming community has been notorious for being douchey. We'll just say they're, they're well, jerks, yeah, but it's also right? it's also non political, largely. I mean, that's that's exactly that's one of the things. It's like leave your politics out of this. We're here to game. Stay away from that stuff. Yeah. And granted, yeah, it can get pretty bad as far as the, the, the cyberbullying. But it's part of the gaming community, number one. And number two, the only reason you're offended is because you, you agreed to be offended. You chose to be offended. It's your fault for taking offense at something. You know, I'm, I made reference to something last week when we were talking about some of this stuff. These people will not be satisfied. And I'm talking about the, uh, the the agenda that's being pushed, that's filtering down to all these companies that's now invading people's living rooms, because that's clearly what this is. They will not be satisfied until they wreck absolutely everything. You know, we talked about baseball. You know, I, I made a closing point just the other day on baseball and how the uh, these lunatics have taken everything over. Uh, when it comes to baseball. And now everything's about health when it comes to baseball. And you've got to wash your hands every three outs, that kind of stuff. Well, what is it? They're changing the game. They're fundamentally changing the game. So you don't enjoy it anymore. And I think that's the same agenda that's being pushed here. They're fundamentally changing something. So you don't enjoy it. And so you do walk away from it. And so it becomes a sounding board for all of the, uh, the, the real extremists that they say that they're in the name of fighting against. That's the hypocrisy of all this. Look at Twitter. Look at Twitter. Twitter is a is a nightmare, right? As soon as we like we we first explored Twitter, didn't we, Bruce? In the in the beginning of all this, mm-hmm. we explored Twitter. Yeah. We thought, hey, you know, we'll promote our podcast, which we actually have a podcasting account for Twitter. But we just don't use it. But we went on there, and the first two days, we're like, my goodness, no wonder these people are wound up hysterics because this whole thing's an echo chamber of just trash. And largely, YouTube's turning into the same thing. I mean, that, that's what's happening with it. Is people are getting taken down. Because they have a, quote, extremist view. And the ones that have the extremist views are the ones that are running it. That's the hypocrisy of all this. And this is the same thing. This person actually says that this this um, this deer, right? this deer comes out and says that they think that a lot of gamers are white supremacists. And that's a fact. So you're basing that on what? What are you basing that on? What? Because people keep to themselves. People don't talk about politics. So what? They're they're that they have to be labeled as that. You're basing that fact on what is my point? You're just labeling something. You're applying a label to something. I think they're projecting. Of course, that's that's what this whole thing is. It's it's reprojection. That's all they know how to do is is reprojection. So it's it's what I said. It's the hypocrisy of it. The extremists are the ones that are coming out and banning people that push back on them in the name of fighting extremism. So they get banned. I mean, that's that, that's that's the thing. Now, you're a doctor that comes out and you speak against the World Health Organization. What happens to you? 
You get taken down. You get banned. You get shamed. You know, in the Soviet Union back in the day, when you defied the party, the, the Communist Party in the Soviet Union, when you, defi- when you defied that party, what happened to you? You got sent off. You got sent away. You got exiled. You got sent to Siberia to a labor camp for a couple of years until you learned your lesson. And you know what happened after that to a lot of them? Well, the ones that made it back anyway. They were sent back into their lives and they were back into the good graces of the party. They were given a second chance. They were given redemption. And so the danger that we're in now is the way that we're in this world of perception that we've kind of created ourselves. And this is largely what social media has done. We have that world of perception where an accusation comes out and it's automatically taken as truth. And so there is no redemption anymore. There's no coming back from it. Once you're destroyed, you're destroyed. Look at Kevin Spacey. I've used that as a good example here. Look at Kevin Spacey. Look what they did to that guy. That was not in the the beginning. Those were just allegations. That was not anything that was based on fact. It was just allegations. And what happened? It all fell apart because he was that old Hollywood Deadwood that, uh, that we were talking about last night offline. He was just that old Hollywood Deadwood that needed to be cleaned out. And so it was simple allegations. That was enough to destroy his career, whatever he had left of it. It was enough to destroy it. They even shut his series down on Netflix. It was one of the best series on Netflix, as far as I'm concerned, at least what I've seen of it. House of Cards. Great series. He did a great job in it. He played a good character and he's played good characters in movies. So to have a career destroyed just based on accusations and then later, oh, yeah, nothing happened there. Well, it's too late. The damage is done. And it's the same thing here. Circle back to this. It's the same thing here. You put people like this, you put extremists in positions of of authority, and then they come out and they start making statements like this, saying that they're going to do it in, in the name of fighting extremism. I ask you, who's the extremist? This is my problem with this scenario, uh, specifically with Twitch. You want me to support you in the decision of having a eunuch who claims to be a deer regulating policy. Look, we've said it. If you want to choose to have that lifestyle and whatnot, that's your choice. I mean, but just on, you just, start- on a side, just on a side note, just just so so we're clear, just you, I mean, because this is important, right? Self-identified as a as a deer. Uh, at, yes. Uh, she, she also likes to prance around in her backyard while munching on grass. Just I thought I'd throw that in there. Go ahead. That's uh, just I would I would like am I in a parallel universe like a, a, a you know, am I the only sane one here? Like, are, are we in a loony bin? Is this is this planet like. Is this like a backwater planet or something? Is that why the aliens have nothing to do with us? You know, we're, we're seeing them watch us or whatever, you know, the UFO sightings and whatnot. You know, I'm actually I'm curious about one thing. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm curious about one thing. Someone like this that comes out like this and, and identifies as a deer and all this stuff. I mean, I mean while, while uh, going around and chewing on grass from your backyard. I mean, that that is like there's got to be a mental issue there. And I, I like I said, if someone wants to be, you know, trans or what, I mean, that's that's your choice, right? That's your that's your lifestyle. OK, I have nothing against that. But the fact is, is I mean, I, I kind of in a way, I almost feel sorry for the uh, the classic members of the LGBT community. What are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to jump on board with this? What about that? That that's actually a good point because not all the LGBT community is is so shall we say fruity? Well, no, they're um, not lunatics. They're they're not lunatics. Yeah, oh, I was trying to be somewhat kind, but I, I just I feel sorry for this person having this. I don't want to say dysfunction, but this uh, idea of their personhood that they feel like they're somebody that they're not. You know, if that makes sense. Like a, I feel sorry for him in a sense, but. 
I feel sorry for the LGBT community because this is somebody that's getting a lot of publicity, a lot of, uh, you know, spotlight. And so now everybody's going to think, or a large portion of people are going to think, well, they're just white supremacist social, social justice warriors that are loony. It, it really does them a disservice by by having someone like this out there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else on the uh, anything else on the deer? <laughs> Sorry. Bottom line: Twitch is a subsidiary of of Amazon. You know, Amazon owns them. Uh huh. If Amazon chooses to do this. That's their own business, you know. That that's their choice as a as a company as a business. If it becomes a problem, I won't patron there anymore. Simple as that. I think it's just setting the stage for a community backlash, and I and I don't want to see that. I mean, it's not fair to uh, it's not fair to the people on there, and especially if if some of this stuff starts getting taken seriously. I mean, what I mean by what I mean by that is when you've got someone like that with with what they said initially of oh I have power and people should fear me because they're going to be censored. Well. If you're basing that just on your your whatever, you know, your skewed view of the world, I'm sorry, that's not okay. And people will push back on that. You know, the, the community as a whole will push back on it. And you'll see competitors, because there are competitors to Twitch out there, you'll see competitors start to um, start to come out. To an extent, you, you've already got the likes of which, like Valve, they're doing their own thing now. Mixer, of course, that's run by Microsoft. They're doing their own thing. So I, I don't know. I mean, we've and we've seen big name people jump platforms before. So people are going to go where the content's the best. If Twitch continues to um, to go down that road, as you said, then they'll lose patrons. They'll they'll lose. Uh, that's a lot of revenue that uh, the Twitch is going to lose. So I guess uh, guess we'll just have to wait and see. That's actually that's actually a good point. Um, with for example, Valve doing their own thing. Valve has mm-hmm. become come out and they're a little bit more, shall we say, liberal and open with the kind of games that they're sell, uh, selling. So if, if they take a, the, the same kind of stance when it comes to streaming and are more open and, shall we say, inclusive uh, and as Twitch is pushing to be more exclusive, then people may start migrating over there more, you know, yeah. as far as this community is concerned. So, yeah. Yeah. OK, well, let's let's move on. So get this right. What What is this thing? It's about what what is this name that's going around now called Karen? Is this a meme or something that I'm just missing here? Yes, it's a meme. It's uh so basically the persons that you would see requesting the manager in some kind of disagreement, they think they're right and are wanting to get their own way. And so they demand to see the manager in whatever scenario it is. That's more uh-huh. or less a Karen. Okay. Well, <laughs> this sorry, this is this was listed under something called Clown World. Uh, it's okay. This, this woman, right? Okay. They're calling her a Karen. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't even know what that is. Right. But she uh, says here, Karen takes her family to the beach, right? Then she complains that there are other people at the beach. So a British wow, woman, that kind of, yeah, <laughs> this is what she says, right? She, she takes her kids to the beach and she drove an hour and a half to get there. And then, uh, but as soon as she got there, she started complaining. She said, it's lovely to get out here, but I'm quite shocked at how many people are here. They're not paying attention to social distancing, and I find it quite annoying, to be honest. It's like being in Tesco's, which is like uh, Walmart, essentially. But uh, <laughs> Karen's daughter added that it's nice to... Yeah, Karen's daughter, Karen. So <laughs> like I was, <laughs> Karen's daughter, Karen, added that it's nice to get out of quarantine, but I think it's going to peak again. 
because everyone's going uh, going to go mad and go anywhere that they can. Twitter users hold up in their tiny one whole bedroom city flats without gardens or fresh air immediately poured forth their disgust at anyone being outside, which these are some of the tw- or this is one of the tweets that uh, that someone put out. Listen to this for someone who is engaging in selfish, irresponsible behavior to criticize others for selfish, irresponsible behavior is the height of hypocrisy. Don't go to the beach or other beauty hotspots. Don't drive one and a half hours to go anywhere. Just stay home. Um, I'm sorry. Who made you the boss of me? Well, apparently, apparently Karen is mad and she wants to speak to the manager of the coronavirus. <laughs> sorry. Uh, go talk to China. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you get get you a flight to Beijing, Karen. You know, they're running all the uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's that. So uh, not to be outdone, a psychotherapist has come out now and he says that lockdown zealots are behaving like cult members. I think that's pretty accurate, don't you? I agree. Yes. I mean, we are beyond cuckoo level at this point. Okay, so we've learned from the CDC, who's been wrong about this entire thing from the get-go, we've learned from them that it doesn't spread now on surfaces. They've said that 48 hours ago. They took what little tiny bit of shame that they had that they were hanging their heads on, and now their heads dropped even further over this, because now they were wrong about that. But you've still got the truly stupid that are still going along with all this stuff. So uh, a psychotherapist, Dr. Hugh Wilburn, says lockdown zealots are displaying all the classical signs of cult members by doubling down on their beliefs despite having been proven wrong. What did I say? What have I said about this whole thing, about the entire power establishment? What have I said? You do not admit fault. You double down. It's me and this guy should go have dinner somewhere if there's a restaurant open. You don't admit fault. Governments do not admit fault. They double down. Same thing with these wound up hysterics they've got. These are the same people that were lecturing people about man-made climate change before all this. Okay, these are the same ones. So they've just shifted from from that to something else. They've got their climate change now. They've got their world halting event. But see, now it's never enough. They're insatiable. So it's not going to be one thing. It's going to go to another. They'll shift to another extreme. And they'll capitalize on that. They'll double down on that one. So listen to this, right? He's identified five conditions that need to be met in order for the cult members to double down on their beliefs and avoid cognitive dissonance. Listen to this, okay? You tell me this doesn't apply to these people. Number one, there must be conviction. Do they have conviction? I would say they do. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Number two, there must be commitment to this conviction. I would say that they have that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Okay. Number three, the conviction must be amenable to unequivocal disconfirmation. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, so they must be amenable. Which is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, amenable is open and responsive to suggestion. All right, and yeah, and what's so, the rest and, of it? And it must must be unequivocal to disconfirmation. Okay, so it, it so that means that that's the uh, that's the noun form of disconfirm. Okay, so disconfirm is a verb, and it shows that a belief or hypothesis is or may not be true. In this case, everything's been false up to this point, right? So it's not true. So they're showing that disconfirmation because they yeah. they believe. Okay, so yeah, they're ignoring they're, they're saying, reality. They're saying there's no doubt. There's no right that this is this this is true when yet it isn't true. Okay, correct. So number yeah, four, I got it now. Such unequivocal discon- disconfirmation must occur, which it is. So it's mm-hmm. there. Okay, so you have the precedent before that, then you have the actual event. Number five, social support must be available subsequent to the disconfirmation. It's there. The hysterics are there. They're still fueling the hysterics. They're doubling down. The media is there fueling all this. The social media is there. They're in their bubbles and they're projecting it on everyone else. So all five, okay, those are five conditions that must be met 
Okay, those are five conditions that are needed that must be met in order for cult members to double down on their beliefs to avoid cognitive dissonance. This is where these people are at. This is where these people are at. Nah, it's not a cult. You just want people to die. That's that's all it is. <laughs> what what is it? What is it the cult members do? You know how these cults are, right? Everybody's going to die. You know, it's like at the end of the world is nigh. It's coming. Blah blah blah. Right. That that's what cults mm-hmm. do. Okay. And when the leader isn't right. They say, oh, well, we miscalculated. There's There was something wrong there, so we're going to have to change it. Now it's going to end another time. Same thing, right? That's what they've done here. All their predictions were wrong, so now they're coming out again. They're saying something else. You notice that? So all the initial yeah. models were incorrect. And so just like a, a good cult leader, well, we we kind of miscalculated there. But but if we come out now, there's going to be 300,000 die. They've, and they've changed. why should we believe you at this exactly, point? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, these are, yeah, these, these are, these are wild. These are cult members. That's what these, that's who these people are. We've been saying this about climate change, about this man-made climate change stuff. This is what we've been saying about this from the start. These are not people that care about the environment. These are cult members. They want to rule your life. That's their agenda. They don't care about the environment any more than they care about public health. Same thing with the United Nations and the World Health Organization. They don't care about the environment any more than they care about public health. Same concept. They've just got wound up lunatics to carry the ball for them. These are scared, broken conformists. They cannot think for themselves. That's where these people are at. You as the individual, you can think for yourself. You can self-educate. You can be informed. That's what's going to reverse all this. Not conforming to this ideological lunacy. How dare you expect people to (laughs) (laughs) self-govern? I'm sorry. I believe in the individual, right? I believe in in people being able to to take it upon themselves to be responsible, to self-educate, to self-govern, and to be self-reliant. That's where I'm at. You know, I believe in people. I believe in, in humanity, not this sacrosanct nonsense. I, I just don't follow it. I mean, that's what our founders believe, too, is that a, a self-educated populace is required for the society to function, right? Uh, I don't know. It's just that said, we have these experts that are pushing this agenda, that are pushing this cult to come into existence. And they're just playing. It's just a, a game to them. You're nothing more than a pawn in a chess game. It's I just it's difficult mm-hmm. to see why people don't see that. No, I mean it's not difficult. I see why they don't see it. They they give into the hysteria to the emotion and they're not willing to look at the facts because people are gonna die. But the evidence and the facts prove that wrong. But the media using using the two sides against each other, you know, they're they're pitting us against each other to to create more hysteria. To create more clicks on their websites, to get more ad revenue, to make more money for themselves. So it's a game. Uh, I mean, they're just, they're in it for themselves. They're in it for their own power, their own policies, their own pocketbooks, whatever. It's all dirty business. And the fact that people are falling into it over and over and over again, it's like we learned a lesson with the Russian collusion thing, right? We should have learned a lesson with that one just in recent times. And oh, would you look at that? There was no Russian collusion. In fact, it was the opposite party that was saying the other. Anyway, it's just they're not learning the lesson. It's just continuing. I don't know how to address it. Honestly, I don't know what you do. What do you do? Redirection. You can't talk to them. I mean, this is one of the main reasons we started this, right? Because we want to be able to sit down and have a dialogue between someone who has an opposing idea. That's the point of it. But see, the media has got people and, the, and social media to a great to a great extent has people wound up so tight that they are completely disconnected from everything. They're disconnected from 
all reality. You can't talk to them. They're just wound up lunatics and they, they just won't sit down and listen to anything. As soon as you say one thing to them that's contrary to what they've been told, as in, I have my opinion, don't confuse me with the facts, right? As soon as you try to address anything involving uh, any type of reality, they blow up on you. And as soon as they yeah. they throw a point out to you that you can talk on, which you know a well-informed, well-educated populace can talk on just about anything with a sense of decency and, and some logic and some common sense and, and some reason. Well, yeah, well, I just went through all those points tonight. But yeah. But that's just it. You know, we can have discussions without being wound up lunatics. And by the time that you address the point that they've made to you, that's not superficial. You want to actually drill down into it and have a discussion and have that dialectic between two people. By the time you even start on it, they already jump to the next one. They jump to the next subject. Yeah, because they're looking for kindling to fuel that rage that they've got, that raging inferno that they've got going on. And so there's just... I don't want to say that there's nothing that you can do for them, but I, I don't know what else to do. I, I really don't know what else to do. How do you break through to somebody like that? How? That's the question I keep racking my brain over is how do you reach someone that's in that state of mind? Because I would love to. I, I would love to. Do you know why people won't come on here by and large? People with opposing views, like real opposing views, like big ones. Do you know why people won't come on here? Because they think that we're going to pigeonhole them. That's why people won't come on here. And that's not right. That's not right. I wouldn't do something like that. I would never do something like I don't think any of us would. I want to have the discussion with someone in a reasonable manner without being screamed at like I'm some type of an extremist. So, I mean, that, that's all. That's all. When, in fact, I'm being screamed at by an extremist. That, that's how out of touch that all this is. It's akin to you trying to save someone that's drowning. You're going to end up both drowning. That, that's basically what's happening is the, the person that is flailing about when you try to help them, they're going to drag you down too. Well, how do we how do we get out of that? How do you how do you pull them out of their pit? Which, by the way, the pit is uh, the 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 pool of water that they're floundering around in can be stood up in. I mean, but anyway. Yeah, I, I was I was going to give them a little bit more credit than that. I was going to say the spoon that they're drowning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as bad as they're saying it is. But no, no, yeah. That's anyway. where we're at, though. Yeah, I know. I know. We will go ahead and call that an end. Thank you for your time tonight, Bruce, and I will see you tomorrow. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening, because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence, and together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. <laughs>